You know, seduction is my key to success, man. I will tell you. Um, It really is, man. All right. (laughs) As weird as it sounds. We'll have to do an episode on seduction at some point. Sure. It's something I don't know much about, but it sounds like you're an expert. I I think you're actually pretty – I think you actually do know a thing or two about seduction. And you just are probably framing it a different way, calling it something different. But you use it quite a lot. It sounds like an episode, my seductive friend. Welcome to Think, Act, Get with James Shramko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently, act faster, and get high performance results in your business. Hi there, listener. Welcome back to another episode of Think, Act, Get. Ezra Firestone here with my partner as always, James Shramko. James, how are you, man? I'm very good. Thank you, Ezra. How are you? I'm good, dude. I'm a month older than when we last did a tag. <laughs> well, you must be mature and, and wiser yep. and smarter. You know, I'm getting some gray hairs, and I think it's really starting to have an effect on me. We could register even smarter marketer.com. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a real bummer, man. It's like one of the things that you don't think about. Like I didn't, you know, we thought about it with Boom up front. Hey, we should trademark this thing, but I didn't think about that with Smart Marketer, and now you've got me worried. Well, I don't mean to worry, but I think it's this, a consideration for, you know, this might be a whole topic for an episode one day about ownership and control. Like there's this whole discussion around, well, everything should be everybody's and, you know, piracy and, you know, people can just have whatever they want whenever they want. And then there's this bit, well, I want to protect some things, like protect my property or my intellectual property or my brand. But then weird things can happen. I've certainly experienced some interesting scenarios with my own brand one time as an affiliate where a lot of people were using my name to sell my products and pretty literally passing off as me and now in another case where a completely different company is using names that i use and starting to smother some of my search results but i was in the market seven years before them so you really want to consider getting something that you can protect and very general terms are really hard to protect well i think that if there is a group of people out there who are advocating for nobody having any kind of control over the stuff that they create well that's not such a i don't think that's a cool cool thing to advocate for <laughs> i think that you should have be able to have whatever level of control over the things that you create that you desire and well, I think that you could have that discussion with the very popular torrent sites. You'll have an interesting argument. Well, I don't, I mean, look, I think that torrents are cool. I think there's going to be people out there torrenting. Like, I, I'm not trying, like, I think we can't shut down the software or the channel that is torrenting. I don't want those customers anyway. I just mean, like, the, you know, the ability to, like, for example, the people using your name. Like, that's not cool. That's really, and that happened to me on my last launch. It's something I'm protecting against this time. You know? But if you go out and make a Hollywood movie and then it's all shared by everyone, I mean, there's more people sharing it than paying for a ticket at the cinema. And I think that's the um, I think that's the evolution of media distribution, and I think that those folks should. Yes, I think that's a lot. That's a lot. Is it help people get what they want and be a good marketer? Yeah, exactly. That comes down to marketing. Well, this is somewhat in the vein of what we're talking about today, kind of. So our our topic. Good. Let's let's turn it into something. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> Move into an episode topic here, man. This. This topic, dude, this one is really, this one is kind of edgy. This one, people, this is going to ruffle some feathers, okay? This is evangelism. Now, technically, it's defined as the spreading of Christian gospel by public preaching or personal witness. But evangelism in the parlance of our time means like preaching or pushing anything on someone. So we all evangelize about certain things, diets, ways of thinking, mindsets. You know, we're evangelists on the show. So evangelism, what is it? 
Are you using it? And how is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we're looking at in this episode of Think Act Get. Well, an interesting one. Um, is this a religious episode or are we talking about the non-religious application of evangelism? Well, I, you know, evangelism kind of is the word that describes what I want to talk about. And I'm not talking about it in the religious sense. This is like as close as we're going to get to religion right now. We're going to touch religion at some point. Right now, we're just this is as close as we're getting. It's like... You know, it's a tough one because oftentimes people who are evangelizing about something, a diet, a religion, a way of thinking, don't even realize they're doing it, right? Like they think that they've found the truth and they want to spread that truth to everyone they know and they're legitimately trying to help. And what I want to respond to folks who are in that spot with this statement, which is just because it works for you doesn't mean that it's right for everyone. The whole different strokes for different folks thing. And, and I really got this heavy when I was in the raw food community, you know. As you know, <laughs> 25 banana a day guy. I was one of these crazy raw foodist dudes. And one of the things that really turned me off about that community was that like everyone, or for the better, the, the majority of that group of people was really heavy into pushing that particular diet on everyone around them and then judging everyone else negatively who wasn't a part of that group or dieting in that way. Yeah, I think you put this under the label of irrationality. I was doing some research on this, and one of the um, dangers of evangelists is that they become irrational. They reject of reason and, and unwillingness to use the mind and the tools of logic in religious inquiry, discussion, and proclamation. Well, there is even some danger that evangelicals will make the mistake of turning to irrationalism to support their position of belief in spite of the evidence. And then there's this, like, this amazing statistic that it was published by it in uh, Princeton, and it's that 46% of people in America believe that God created humans in their present form within the last 10,000 years. That's like half your population, bro, <laughs> are coming off a very strange base. And Well, this is what they've been told, right? I mean, how can we ignore these, uh, like the aboriginals have been around for 35,000 years in Australia, so maybe they're pre-God or something. Well, I think that like, when we look at evangelism, right? Like we all evangelize a certain level, right? You're really heavy into telling people that they should slow down and enjoy their life and take it easy and surf more, right? So like you're you're an evangelist. I'm an evangelist, right? I'm telling people to eat bacon now, right? I was not the bacon guy, but like I think- I don't know. If this, is there a difference between evangelist and passionate? Because uh, yesterday I was asked, we we're doing- some Well, I think it's a, I think it's a slide. I think it's a very fine well, line between uber passionate and pushy. We were filming something yesterday and I was asked this question, what do I want for attendees of my event? And I said, well, it's not up to me to, to say what I want for them. I, it's what they want for themselves. It's only up to me to say, you know, the environment that I want to provide and what I think would be a, a lovely outcome. But ultimately, I have the same view of when I'm parenting. I can't tell my kids what to do. I can't passionately make them become this or that. It's like, you know, provide the best environment and let them find their things. I think sometimes evangelism, from my point of view, means that maybe uh, they're crossing the line a little bit there and, and forcing a view, being a little bit too pushy. Yeah, I, you're right. I agree. I think that definitely it, for the context of the show, evan what, what I mean by evangelism is like you're going overboard. But I think like we should look at the fact that we are all selling people stuff all the time. And, and that was – I'm glad that you brought up your kids because I think that's an interesting topic. Like you want – 
to have your children have certain concepts and certain like ways of thinking. Like you have figured some stuff out in relationship to like, let's say, the way that you approach work in this society and the way that you approach business. Like there's things that you have figured out that you would like for your kids to take on. How do you do that without being, you know, without pushing on them, without forcing it on them? Yeah. And and that's it. So I've got my desires, but I don't have desires on their behalf. But I think, you know, a lot of the, if you go back to like the origin of this evangelism thing, it's really that people are working off what they believe was like the written requirement, the prescription, if you like, and they just, and they're taking it literally and just getting out there, getting amongst it. And I think, and I think like what this comes down to is for you, listener, keep in mind that you are being sold all the time. People are trying to sell you ideas, thoughts, viewpoints, uh, systems, and that's not a bad thing. Like, be willing to be sold. It's nice to be sold on new stuff. Recently, a buddy of mine was really pushing this Skype personal training stuff really heavy, and I was just not open to it. I was like, that is lame. You can't get a good workout from someone on Skype telling you what to do. Like, I was just against it from the start, (laughs) partly because of how hard it was being pushed on me, right? Like, sometimes pushing something hard on someone has the opposite effect, and because you're pushing it on them, they don't want any part of it. But I went for it eventually. And man, it's the best damn thing I've ever done. It's like incredible. I open the screen. I'm like there. Should I work for an hour? And then I'm, there's nobody. And then I can just close the screen. I don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> it's the best thing in the world. So be on the lookout for what's good. Be willing to be sold, but relate it back to your own experience. So like when something is being sold to you, don't just take it because, you know, some authority told you that this was the thing to do. Like base it on your own life experience and make a decision for yourself when you're being sold something. Yeah. Well, but that's so a lot of the times things are forced on people, which is kind of mean. Like, you know, you, you've spent a lot of time in Hawaii, right? Yeah. Well, the very evangelical missionaries told them that they can't surf. Like, it's, it's not on. Sinful. They stopped the whole sport of kings for a period there. Really? Hell yeah. I didn't know that part of history. Oh, I've been reading up on surfing, my friend. Yeah, I and, bet you uh, have. Uh, the- <laughs> How was your Hawaii trip, by the way? Dude, did you get back to Chunjui? Let me give you a little backstory. I brought James out, gosh, I don't know, 18 months ago now or something, to Chun's Reef. Now, Chun's Reef is a, a very well-known uh, surfing destination on the north shore of Oahu, Hawaii, where I grew up. And it is not an easy swim. It's like it's a pretty far break. You got to paddle out there. I put him on a foamy. He got smashed on the reef. <laughs> I fell off. <laughs> I was exhausted by the first paddle out. I cut my feet on the reef and I basically um, fell off every single time I tried to stand up. So it was, was hardcore. So, so how'd, you, how'd you fare this time out? So it's like I even made a video about this. It's basically back to the same place within a year on my own board, which I sourced locally. And I have no idea why you're not doing that every time you go there, my friend, because there's so many good boards there. <laughs> and we can also keep them at my house over there, so I should. Yeah, I thought about that and then I thought, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> I want to be able to use this board in a year from now. Yeah, that's true. Who knows what Bob would do to it? <laughs> and then, but uh, basically, I was able to stand up on my own shorter board, and it was just, it was just this recognition of progress. Yeah. Very cool. But even so, like as passionate as I am, and I use the word passionate on purpose here about surfing. Some people might say I'm evangelical, but I'm not telling people they have to surf. I'm not saying you must do this. It's the written word of the surf kings from Hawaii or whatever. I'm saying, you know what? I like surfing. And this, here's some of the reasons why. Maybe it's for you, maybe not, but it certainly it floats my yeah. boat. And that's, that's a different approach to – it's not forceful. It's just enthusiastic. 
Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't call you a hardcore evangelist. I think that I think that you get harder core in your suggestion of what to do once someone is paying you for that service, right? I can attest to that. Now, I'm not actually against evan well, I am against evangelism, but I'm not against hardcore selling someone on an idea or a viewpoint. I'm really not against that. Now I think there's a cool way to do it and a not cool way to do it. The not cool way to hardcore sell someone on a viewpoint is to like push it on them in a way that doesn't feel good to them. Because ultimately that's what evangelizing in is, is it's 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 making someone an offer in a way that doesn't feel good to them like aggressively. But another way to make someone an offer is to seduce them, right? I think seduction is the real way to push something on someone. And the way that you seduce someone is you just make that thing, whatever you're doing or whatever you're trying to sell, look so attractive and so fun that people want to do it. Like the Tom Sawyer thing, you know, like he got all those people painting the fence for him. Right. My view on selling an idea or point is simply just helping people be better off. It's as simple as that. People choose to buy something because they can see that they'll be better off. If you can create that environment, it's a very nice way to go about making a point. It's like help people see that they'll be better off. It's such a simple way to move someone. I mean, like I've seen people being evangelistic about things and it is sometimes off-putting because I don't feel that they're putting me into the picture. It's all about them and their mission and their requirements, but I don't really factor into it. They're not really thinking about me. I, I suppose deep down they, they want me to be better off because I'm buy this amazing, powerful Windows tablet or whatever that they're evangelizing to me. And so I'm using a computer reference here instead of a religious reference. But for me, it, it doesn't tick any boxes that I want ticked. It's not of any interest to me. So they haven't taken the time. And listen, if you're not ticking James's boxes, man, then what are you doing? We're wasting their time. They're wasting my time <laughs> and their time. That's like, it's not happening. That joke went over really poorly, man. Nobody laughed at that. I can just tell already. <laughs> Sometimes. You don't even have kids yet. Why are you doing dad jokes yet? Was that a dad joke? Uh, I don't know. I, well, A, I don't know if it was a a joke. I think it was just a bad, it was just not, it was just one of those ones that sometimes you say stuff and like it's a hit and other times you say stuff and it really just not on point, doesn't really make sense. So that was one of those. It must be late in your day. That's all I can determine from this. All right, let's move along. <laughs> it's like, it is, dude. I've been going. I've been. Okay. Weekly willpower wager. We're going to roll Carol. Let's roll Carol. Weekly willpower wager. All right, Carol. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you. So here's what we want you to do this week. We want you to try to sell someone an idea, a thought, a viewpoint, a lifestyle. We want you to sell someone something and preferably a belief about something without being pushy about it, without like like figure out a way to, to get someone to take this thing on from a place of seduction rather than uh, you know pushing. Yeah, my, and my uh, suggestion is see if you can move someone to an idea that you know that you've predetermined but in a way that makes them feel that they're going to be better off. Yeah, you could even try the instant influence framework on this. That's a good one. It's helping using per person's own momentum. And then it'll get them. It is, it is a really good one. And we've talked about that a lot. So news and updates. Smart Marketer Live is confirmed September 26th and 27th in Austin, Texas. Tickets are now on sale. And I even have a fancy sales video on the page. Uh, I'm pretty happy with this from a, uh, a marketing standpoint. This sales video for this Smart Marketer Live event is production value wise, I think the best we've ever produced. So I'm really happy about it. Very cool. That's going to be uh, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've also taken your advice, man. There's 
there's been a lot of like commotion uh, around here on on the, on the Think and Get blog, on the Superfast <laughs> Business membership about you know this the fact that I'm still doing product launches and 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 one off courses and. Well, I think we talked about it in the last episode, and a few people asked about what. What did you mean? Yeah. How come you? Were t- people didn't have the full context. Right, right. But to give people the full backstory, I spend a good chunk of my working time helping people put together and package things in a way that's really powerful for them. And you and I talk about you know that in the context of my business and your business. And I, I guess I must have said something that uh, that. I mean, to be fair, you have been telling me for the better part of, of two years that subscription-based selling was the way to go. I mean, that's just not a new thing. Yeah, and to own the race course. I'm fairly well known for that idea. Yeah, so, uh, well, I have taken your advice. And so uh, we're, we're launching something called The Community. And it's really, really, I think, a, a fun thing. It, it's, it won't be up for a while. But, but I, have, I am now moving in this direction. I believe that I've really finally taken on that I, I should be selling subscriptions in all of my businesses, not just my info marketing businesses. And so I'm really moving in that direction now. I'm happy about that. And even though it's great for you, it's way better for your customer to be able to have constant access to you. And I imagine the community is going to have some kind of specialty. Yeah, it's going to be e-commerce focused, you know, e-commerce and... and- Right, and e-commerce is not like you set up your store and then you just forget about it. It's going to have ongoing changes to the marketplace, tactics, strategies, tools, uh, processes. So it's the sort of thing that you want to be omnipresent with and subscription means that someone is always able to get help from you and And, and it works for everyone. I'm glad that you said it's about the customer because ultimately that's what made us make the decision. We were like, you know, we could better serve people if we had in on the smart marketer side, if we just had like two things, blue ribbon and the community, or maybe three, you know, like we just had, these were the things we were doing. This is how you can get in touch with us. This is what's going on. And there was no variance in that. We could get into a nice tread and really um, actually have it be a more valuable experience for the buyers and for us. So I think it works on both sides. And on, on an interesting note, when you have a strong community, some of your members actually become evangelical about the membership because oh it's been so helpful for you. They certainly do. <laughs> you got some pretty hardcore super fast business evangelists. I, dude, speaking of super fast business evangelists, I, I sent a lot. I send a lot of people there, so I'm one of the. I'm one of your guys, man. Well, I, I appreciate that, and we, only because they're going to be better off. Like, you know, I've been to. S- yeah, I mean, you also send me people, so that's cool. I mean. Yeah, like I'm like hand up. I'm not really uh, anything e-commerce amazing. It's not my thing. That's why I asked you to come and speak at the events about it. You're the expert on on that topic for sure. And you'll be coming down to Superfast Business Live in March. That's right. Which is That's right. Uh, the tickets will go on sale soon for that. Well, and you know, and, and we'll do a little early bird thing. So if you're keen to come, like put it in your diary now, March the fifth and sixth in Sydney at Manly here. Come surfing with hey, Ezra speak- and I. Go ahead and, and um, if you want to know like about how – yeah, come surfing with us, dude. That will be fun. Cause- but but I was just recommend that you stay at least maybe one or two board lengths away from Ezra in the surf for your own safety. <laughs> Listen, I am liable to charge a wave and like, you know, if I got there first, I'm taking – you know. I, I've been reading about Greg the Bull Knoll, but I think maybe you must have had that nickname – were you like the mini bull? I, I was pretty aggressive surfer. I was, I was a little Grom. Ezra the Bull Firestone. I was a little Grom. But I was also like a local kid and I could do it, you know, and not get in trouble and stuff. These days I couldn't do that. I couldn't go out there and be aggressive. Now I'm, I'm nowhere near good enough and nowhere near uh, – <laughs> uh, Well, there's no wave that is not uh, – that you deem not – 
catchable. I, I've seen you go for it. Yeah, I will. I will rush. Dude. I'll rush. I'm, I'm, I don't mind rushing them. That's the thing about surfing, and I think about life too. Like if you're just willing to go get your feet wet and just go head first and and move into it, you, you're able to experience some success. So come down to Super Fast Business Live. Go to SilverCircle.com and and watch. Uh, I, I recorded a video of my experience of Silver Circle, which is James's mastermind. And I think that if you want to kind of know how super fast business is going to be, you can also watch that video because it'll give you a good idea about like what it's like to work with this dude. So it, I think for news and updates. Yeah, you bought, tell us about your course. I think ah, you've, been, you've been working on a course. Man, I have been working so dang hard on this thing and I'm really happy with it. I'm super, super happy with it. I don't think I'm going to do one of these again after this because of the uh, sheer amount of work it is, but but it's a, a, a new course and it's it's my response to the Amazon channel, right? So like when I came into the bit, when I came into the game, Drop shipping was where it was at, you know, selling other people's products. That was hot. And I got into it real heavy and I got really good at it. And, you know, there's been a shift over the past couple of years, which is that it, it, folks who are just getting into the game and I think all merchants in general should really be selling their own stuff. Um, and, and the best way to get started doing that is with Amazon. And I kind of talk all about like the fact that I come from a whole line of merchants. My great grandfather was a, was a merchant. He was a trader. He used to bring stuff from Russia to Poland. And then my grandfather was a salesman. He had a, a clothing shop on the Lower East Side. My father sold stuff to the flea markets. So like, I've been like, there's been merchants in my family as far back as anyone can remember. So it's kind of a cool little thing, this course. And, and I'm pretty excited about it. So it'll be out, um, last week of July, first week of August. And it's going to be, you know, a course about marketing physical products specifically geared to and focused on how to source, how to create your own brand. So that's sourcing your product, you know, picking your product, doing your research, launching it on the Amazon channel, and then eventually, you know, building a brand around it, which is a Shopify store and a WordPress site and all that other stuff. Legend. This is something we have in common too, you know, our, our um, lineage has trading in the family, you know. We're merchants, baby. We've been merchants. <laughs> <laughs> My old great-great-grandfather used to buy up gold mines and silver mines in Russia and sell it in America and traveled everywhere around the world and documented in his diaries. It's a fascinating Mine. You should get those, dude. You should write about that because this I wrote. I, I've got them. Dude, I'd like to see those. I wrote this report, you know, to to like the the lead magnet for the launch is this four thousand word report on what I why you know why why should you even be paying attention to me uh, talking about this Amazon stuff and it goes through my whole family history. I think it's really cool. I, I, yeah, I've got eight of them here from you know hundreds of years ago, and uh, you know, like he discovered coconut water in the south coast of Africa, how it was helping the people replenish themselves. And now it's like if you go to New York, I bet it's the latest thing in the refrigerator at the yoga shop. Oh man, it's ev- it's everywhere, dude. <laughs> so you know, there's there's nothing new. But I suppose someone listening to this thing, well, I didn't have grandparents traveling around the world um, buying and selling or being merchants but that's that's why you just get Ezra's course you don't need that lineage you can just jump start it from now okay comments so so that's our news and updates exciting stuff happening and that we can also release on the next episodes now we would love to hear from you like the reason we're doing this show the only reason that we're doing it is because you enjoy it, and we'd love to hear what you think, how the how this content is affecting you. Um, we get a lot of really interesting re- responses to this kind of stuff because it's different than like what most people are talking about. I don't think any uh, anyone else out there talking about evangelism. So um, we've got some comments from our last episodes that we're going to read off and respond to. And a couple of the ways that you can engage with us are to leave us a um, review on iTunes, which, by the way, James, I have not checked iTunes in a long time, so there could be a lot of iTunes comments out there that we haven't read, so I should probably do that. Uh, note to self but leave us a, a review on iTunes that would really help us you can go to our blog and leave us a comment on, on an, uh, an episode or you can leave us a, a voice comment through a widget on our blog which then we'd play on the show 
Yeah, just go to the, the sidebar on thinkactget.com, click on the start recording button and just use the speakers on your computer to leave us a message. We'll actually play it back. Uh, so we'll, we'll go and check those in the next episode. And if you want to be on the show, that's how you do it. It's as easy as that. I'm downloading CommentCast, which is that thing that lets me check the iTunes comments. I'll let you roll into the comments. Cool. All right. So we have a comment here from Carol on rejection. Just started the magic of thinking big and want to put in another request other than value. Episode request thought. That's a good one. I like that one very much. I think we should we should do that one. Yeah. Thought. All right. All right. Fair. Okay, Carol. Well, we like your suggestions, Carol. You also suggested confidence a while back, which we did, which was a good episode. Larone. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Larone on community. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good attitude. <laughs> you don't think it should be a I think it should be around like that, you know. Like, yeah, I think so too. Um, I hope she doesn't get upset at me. Uh, great podcast, very inspiring. Thank you, Ezra and James. Well, thank you, Lerone. <laughs> like uh, Matt Coffey on uh, rejection. Some great nuggets in this, even beyond the topic. Thanks, guys. As always, you rock out with your socks out. Thanks, Matt. You, you got shoes on today? I know you don't have a shirt on. How do you know that? Sort of, I saw you on camera before we started recording. Oh, that's right. You got a sneak peek. And I'm a clairvoyant. <laughs> you can choose which one you want to believe. <laughs> you got the sneak peek at the juice. Besides that, when do you ever wear a shirt? That's true. I am I'm steady shirtless. Um, Brian on stick to itiveness. Stick to who even knew that was a word, right? Yeah. He says, got through many of your episodes over the last couple of days as I was cleaning up a trashed rental house. That's a bummer, man. The relationships episode was great because my whole internet living journey has seen huge ups and downs. And I realized that it's really affected my personal relationships and mindset. Kind of been feeling that I am wasn't for me for the past four years of doing it. So I really like hearing about your stories of your early days. Oh God, I didn't think it was for me either. Wow. I, just, I couldn't believe how difficult it was in the beginning. You know, I don't know if you had instant success. Probably you did because you're so different, but it wasn't for me. I, I got... I, I will have to admit that I got I got lucky, man. I don't know if it was luck or what, but I hit it out of the park on my first time out. And I failed many times <laughs> after that. But that first home run, I did, man. I almost went broke. And and the lesson lesson there that I learned really intensely, because it's, it's always intense to like nearly run out of money and not be able to pay your bills. That's a scary thing. Um, that happened to me right at the beginning of my career uh, after I'd quit my job. And what I learned, the big lesson I learned was don't get too emotionally attached to something that you've created. Because I created this thing and it was not working, but I was attached to it because I had created it. And so that was pretty tough. Uh, yeah, I, I could see that. You know, I've, I ran out of money twice in my adult life. And when you have four kids and mortgages, it's not pretty. It's not good. Uh, so, so you have a you have a little close call like that. It makes you be less complacent. That's for sure. Always appreciate what it was like in the tough times when it, when things are going well, because bad habits get formed in the good times, mm. and good habits get formed in the bad times. So I, I remember lots of my millionaire customers at Mercedes Benz were telling me about the phase in their life where they were eating out of cans like beans for like a month straight because they had. All their money reinvested back in their, you know, property developments or their business was hanging out by the seat of their pants. Yeah. All right. Uh, Brian on goals. I like this podcast. I too have always been in 100% commission sales, six-figure income in my 20s since college and just couldn't wake up 
going to that environment anymore. Unfortunately, I thought online business would be easier, but after four years and lots of ups and downs, I found my issue wasn't with creating goals, but I find that the question of fear of failing online is what's started to impede my growth. I've focused on achievable goals in my control rather than monetary results lately, but the results don't seem to get the results I expect. I've given myself until October 2015 when I turned 40 to make a living online or I'll go back to having a job or boss. The hardest feeling is that I've been successful before, but figuring out building sustainable online business has extremely humbling uh, experience, especially if someone doesn't have a passion, niche, or expertise, like own the race course concept. For some reason, James and Ezra seem to make it easy. Uh, Brian, and uh, P.S. First thing I bought online was Excite Pro through James Ramco. Uh, you know, and that's the first thing that I sold online that was successful, but it wasn't easy at all. It was so difficult. And uh, Brian, just change what you're doing, and you'll probably get different results and focus more on the process than some lofty goal because lofty goals uh, actually create a gap between where you're at and where you think you can be and it can be demoralizing instead just lock in wins anytime you have even the slightest win celebrate it accept that it's progress and then move to the next notch along the ladder it's it could possibly take some time. However, if you're a member of our communities, I know you'll get success faster than trying to go it alone. That's for sure. Absolutely. And I think that um, one of the things to have your attention on is what are the things that are working and can you do more of them? Like what I've found uh, creates success is consistent, repeatable processes, right? Like I put out a blog post every week and I update my AdWords campaigns every week. You know, like there's these consistent processes, these standard operating procedures that happen in my business every single week. And every time I get something else that I can just be consistent with, I experience growth. So I think consistency of tasks is a, is a good thing to, to put some attention on. Yeah, and if you look at, look at any time you've gone off the rails, it'll be where consistency's halted and uh, other things have been impeded. So it's about locking in a routine, I think, is, is key. And um, scaling the winners. Anything that works well, just do more of that. Great, great point there, Israel. Dennis on speed. He says, guys, this is the most underrated episode so far. I listened to it again today and it amazed me. I understood some things that I've been doing wrong immediately. Also, it helped me confirm some decisions that I doubted. I highly recommend to everyone to listen to it three or even four times. I keep finding those short sentences that trigger the aha moments quite often. Thanks, Dennis. And look, man, it's not just our content that is this way. I, I am a big fan of uh, reconsumption of content that has been helpful. So I think that's cool, man. Yeah, I'm reconsuming uh, surf documentaries and books. And every time I go through it, I get like 10 times more things because it's all starting to fill in like the, the layers of an onion. I'm starting to see the whole onion now instead of just a layer. Yeah, and, and I think in order to really enjoy a film like The Big Lebowski, you got to watch it like 10 times. And then once you have watched it 10 times, come back and listen to this episode and see where I laid in a uh, Lebowskiism. See if you can point that out. Only it'll, You have to be a true urban achiever to be able to, to pull that. Was it something to do with ticking boxes? It was not to do with ticking boxes. The tipping boxes thing was it. Oh, yeah, because that, that would have worked so nicely. That would have, would have retrospectively made you a genius. It would have been. I could have called, <laughs> called back to the box tick. I wish it was. <laughs> oh, I'm secretly relieved. Secretly just between you, me, 
and a few listeners. That wasn't the reference because I would have felt foolish. All right. Amy on procrastination. Thank you for the awesome episode. I loved how you discussed changing your future plans to better align with your interests and abilities so that you don't put yourself in a position of procrastinating in the future. This has been key for me lately in my own business. I'm actively trying to tap into what inspires me rather than trying so hard to motivate myself. When I'm inspired, it simply doesn't feel like work. It's so true, Amy. Mm, good point, man. Doing stuff that you like, doing stuff that you're happy about. And if you're in the spot like I'm in right now where you have signed, like I'm in this spot where I there is a, a, a hard deadline for this thing that I'm creating and I am signed on and the train is moving, you can also make the decision to enjoy what you're doing. Like, I've, I'm, like I can either do all this stuff and not enjoy it or I can enjoy it while I'm doing it. That is my choice and so I'm choosing to have fun <laughs> instead of just be like daunted by the amount of stuff I'm doing, you know? So I think that also when you're in the spot of like, you know, you've committed to some stuff, you can also like change your mind about whether or not you're, you're willing to enjoy that task. Yeah, I think I spent hours and hours filming yesterday and at the end of the day I felt like I really hadn't done any work for the day I almost feel guilty god I've done no work today and then I realized well hang on actually was I was making videos for my event that would be classified as work but it just doesn't feel like it if you if it's natural and you enjoy it Dave on procrastination he says I am a definite right brain thinker procrastination sometimes comes from intuition for me as James touched on the mulling over of a decision can save me from making passion based decisions that passion based decisions that might conflict with a harsh reality result thanks guys I always enjoy each episode I've listened to them all that must be new gas well, I don't know, but like I've thought of someone's a certain Dave or whatever before and got it mixed up. Yeah, you did. You did think someone was a new guest. That's true. That's true. Maybe it was. And so I, I'm a bit cautious there. <laughs> whatever Dave you – any Dave that – It doesn't have any – it doesn't have any corny cliches or dad jokes, so I'm not so certain. <laughs> it's true. All right. We're on to the think about it section of our show, and I don't know if James is going to keep, keep his uh, quote here. Yeah, I'm going to run with this. I, it's fine. Right. Uh, religion is like a pair of shoes. Find one that fits for you, but don't make me wear your shoes. It's so on topic, Ezra. That is so on topic. George Carlin. Do you know who George Carlin is? The comedian, yeah, yeah, he's, he was he's a. I think he's the most revered comedian from my friend Joel Osborne, who's a comedian. Really, he's he's a fan of. Yeah, he's. He told me George Carlin is probably the most genius of all genius comedians. Wow, he was pretty damn good, man. You got to hand it to the guy. He's got this run on stuff that I think is pretty funny. Okay, George Carlin. My quote is uh, from a guy called David Kinnaman, the unChristian. Uh, from a book, I guess, called What a New Generation Really Thinks About Christianity and Why It Matters. This guy's pretty down on Christianity from what I, but from his quote, I can tell. So here's what he says. In an era of mass media, it is easy to believe that the more eyeballs, the more impact. But radio, television, and tracks – I don't know what tracks are – accounted for a combined total of less than one-half of one percent of the busters – who are born again. So he's calling anyone who's born again a buster. He's being like, you're just a buster-ass sucker if you're born again. So he's against Christianity. But I think what's, what's interesting about this quote is that based on his statistics, which who knows if they're accurate, although I believe they are, what he's saying is that television, radio, and tracks, which I'm assuming is TV or other media, accounted for only 1% of total um, people who, who are uh, born again. And, and what that means is that people 
are the, what he's talking about is that when a belief system is sold, it's sold to you by a person. People are the ones buying and selling viewpoints and ways of thinking, right? You're not going to like, you know, there may be a, a radio ad that gets your attention, but ultimately some other person is going to be the one who is convincing you of something. So I think it's just good to keep in mind that like, you know, people are going, and we mentioned this earlier, but his quote brought that up that like, it's going to be people who are selling you stuff. And so you can have that as something that's in, you can just know that. You can just know that. Well, I mean, like, you want to put some numbers to it. The uh, Saudi Arabian government spends 40, spent $45 billion establishing mosques wow. um, to convert people into Muslim in other countries. Wow. So that's not just radio, TV, man. There's, there's some serious ground power there with um, creating establishments, which for the most part, you know, get it, the whole concept generally is like really well-intentioned. We'll get out into the community and we'll convert everyone to the correct way of doing things, whatever that is, whether it's Allah or Jesus Christ or who, whomever. Their whole drive is to go out and fix up society. And whilst there's lots of, there's lots of positives and negatives, like sometimes they have a really positive impact. They help like lower crime and help people be less corrupt in some of the, the crazy places. But then some sometimes they're not really respectful of local cultures, you know, like I was talking about before, like they kind of killed off surfing and took the population of Hawaii from 400,000 to 40,000 Hawaiians within just a very short period after introducing all all the Western things. And all the diseases and stuff. You know, yeah. one, one point on this is that religion is the most popular uh, thing that's like out there being evangelized and pushed for sure. But like there's a whole lot more stuff that's coming at you, you know, like the stuff. Of course there is. Like this, you know, people get paid to tweet stuff. And, and, um, and then it, I know that Apple had product evangelists like uh, Kawasaki uh, who were – their whole job was to make everyone, you know, absolutely – in awe of a particular product. So we're talking about the general concept here. I think we've just sort of had a walk slightly into the religion topic because that's where this term was based and it's one pretty much everyone can relate to. I mean, you'd have to try it hard not to have been approached at some point in your life. Yeah, about some level of, of what, what religious belief system. Whether they, they come knocking on the door or they hop into a, a Jeep that you're traveling in and hand out flyers and then, and then ask for donations. Like it, it's happening on, or you get given a flower or whatever. It it happens many times to me, and I'm sure it happens all around the world. And like like you just said, it's happening on the ground, person to person. Dude, I can't walk around and you. I got Jewish guys jumping out of corners, putting boxes on my head, How and trying kind? to wrap my arms. And you know, it's. Oh, I'm jealous. That doesn't happen to me down here. I'm serious, man. It's Union Square. They'll get you, dude. They will get you. So our point, our point with the evangelism episode was to bring your attention to the fact that, like, you are being sold thoughts and belief systems and ideas all the time, and you're also selling other people on stuff all the time. And it's just good to be aware of that and how you're doing it. We do not believe that fundamentally the salesman, the selling of, of an idea is a bad thing. We think that's cool. Uh, we just think that there's, you know, cool ways to do it and uncool ways to do it in our, you know, from, from where we're standing. And so, um, something to, something to think about. So there you go. Bring us home. Yeah. So really, um, if you want to think about it, we're, I think we're suggesting a better alternative than the pushy type of in your face, just because you think it's a great idea approach is really just um, take your perspective into account, take someone else's perspective into account, into account. I know you want what's best for them, but help them see that they'll be better off. Seduce them. 
Seduce them into your ideas. Yeah. Ezra says seduce. I say provide an environment that, that uh, allows them to believe they'll be better off and see them move themselves forward. That's my ideal approach. That's, you know, s- seduction is my key to success, man, I will tell you. Um, <laughs> it really is, man. All right, my fellow. As weird as it sounds. We'll have to do an episode on seduction at some point. Sure, it's something I don't know much about, but it sounds like you're an expert. I think I actually, I think you're actually pretty. I think you actually do know a thing or two about seduction, and you just are probably framing it a different way, calling it something different. But you use it quite a lot. It sounds like an episode, my seductive friend. Uh, for now, I'm going to have to leave you, even though for some magical reason, I feel compelled to just keep talking to you all day. <laughs> That's, that's seduction, man. So you've uh, you've been very brave today. I've been seducing you. We, we, this whole episode. <laughs> so we've been talking about um, evangelism, uh, which, which is originally like a Christian gospel preaching thing, uh, but it's parlayed into other things from diets through to technology. Evangelism, what is it? Are you using it? How is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we've been talking about in this episode of Think, Act, Get. Pow. That's it. Pow. That was that was my sort of like yeah. Well, you have the crazy sound effect at the end thing yes. you know, after the show. It's, it's catchy. <laughs> that was more of just kind of like a half yawn breath thing. It was a little weird. <laughs> Good night, my friend. All right, all right. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> yeah. This has been another episode of Think, Act, Get with James Shranko and Ezra Firestone. For more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster. Visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter. It's free.